Coming up on 5-Minute News. Conservative High Court upholds state voting restrictions. Trump Organization CFO indicted on tax fraud charges. And 130 countries back deal on global minimum tax for companies. It's Friday, July 2. I'm Anthony Davis. Flexing its new strength, the Supreme Court's conservative majority on Thursday cut back on a landmark voting rights law in a decision likely to help Republican states fight challenges to voting restrictions they've put in place following last year's elections. The court's 6-3 ruling upheld voting limits in Arizona that a lower court had found discriminatory under the Federal Voting Rights Act. It was the High Court's second major decision in eight years that civil rights groups and liberal dissenting justices say weakened the civil rights-era law that was intended to eradicate discrimination in voting. The decision fueled new calls from Democrats to pass federal legislation blocked by Senate Republicans that would counter the new state laws. Some lawmakers and liberal groups also favour Supreme Court changes that include expanding the nine-justice bench. Republicans argue that the state restrictions are simply efforts to fight potential voting fraud and ensure election integrity. Biden's Justice Department had actually taken the position that the Arizona measures did not violate the Voting Rights Act, but favoured a narrower ruling than the one handed down on Thursday. Justice Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation last year to replace the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg entrenched the right's dominance on a court that now has three appointees of former President Donald Trump. The Federal Appeals Court in San Francisco had held that the measures disproportionately affected black, Hispanic and Native American voters in violation of a part of the Voting Rights Act, known as Section 2. In a scathing dissent, Justice Eleanor Kagan wrote that the court was weakening the federal voting rights law for the second time in eight years. Donald Trump's company and its longtime finance chief were charged on Thursday in what prosecutors called a sweeping and audacious tax fraud scheme, in which the executive collected more than $1.7 million in off-the-books compensation, including apartment rent, car payments and school tuition. Trump himself was not charged, but prosecutors noted that he signed some of the compensation checks at the centre of the alleged scheme. It is the first criminal case to come out of New York authorities' two-year investigation into the former president's business dealings. According to the indictment from 2005 through this year, the Trump Organization and Chief Financial Officer Alan Weisselberg cheated the state and city out of taxes by conspiring to pay senior executives off the books by way of lucrative fringe benefits and other means. Weisselberg alone was accused of defrauding the federal government, the state and the city out of more than a million dollars in unpaid taxes and tax refunds, to which he was not entitled. The most serious charge against Weisselberg, Grand Lassany, carries 5 to 15 years in prison. The tax fraud charges against the company are punishable by a fine of double the amount of unpaid taxes, or 250000 whichever is larger. 
The 73-year-old Weisselberg has intimate knowledge of the Trump Organization's financial dealings from nearly five decades at the company, and the charges against him could give prosecutors the means to pressure him to cooperate with the investigation and tell them what he knows. Both Weiselberg and lawyers for the Trump Organization pleaded not guilty. Weiselberg was ordered to surrender his passport and was released without bail. Some 130 countries have agreed on a global minimum tax, backed by US President Joe Biden, as part of a worldwide effort to keep multinational firms from dodging taxes by shifting their profits to countries with low rates. The agreement announced on Thursday is an attempt to address challenges presented by a globalized and increasingly digital world economy in which profits can be relocated across borders and companies can earn online profits in places where they have no taxable headquarters. The deal calls for a global minimum tax of at least 15%, a key element pushed by Biden as he seeks to raise more revenue for his infrastructure and clean energy plans. There are still technical details that need to be worked out, and it would be at least 2023 before the agreement takes effect. The agreement, announced by the Paris-based Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, also provides for taxing part of the profits of the largest global companies in countries where they do business online but may have no physical presence. French Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire called it the most important international tax agreement in a century. Countries led by France have already started imposing unilateral digital taxes aimed at US tech giants such as Amazon, Google and Facebook under the deal they would agree to withdraw those taxes regarded as unfair trade practices by the US in favour of the global approach. The French tax on tech giants prompted retaliatory tariffs under former US President Donald Trump and France has welcomed the Biden administration's push to reach a global deal. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news. Daily. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.